0: Well, we're continuing our series on the Minor Prophets. Um, today, we're looking at Micah. and You may notice in your bulletin that the call to worship and the prayer of confession both are taken from the book of Micah, a very famous passage about uh, swords and being beaten into plowshares. It also appears in Isaiah. And one of the things that's important to understand, first of all, the text of Micah, I encourage you that it's not a long book to read through it on your own. But uh, the text that we have of Micah today was added to and edited over the years, okay? So it's a little, it can feel kind of complicated when you're reading it. But one of the things that you do get an impression from the book of Micah is that the world around him is falling apart. Um, It's ironic that vision of a peaceable age because Micah was surrounded with world war destruction Matter of fact, his hometown will be destroyed by the Assyrian army. All kinds of intrigue and war happened his entire life. And in the middle of this rather dramatic changing world, a paradigm changing world that he lived in, uh, there was a vision for something better. So this is part of how Micah comes to us today. And I'll be reading from probably the most famous chapter of uh, the book of Micah. So listen to the word of God. Hear what the Lord says. Rise. Plead your case before the mountains. Let the hills hear your voice. Hear you mountains, the case of the Lord. You enduring foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a case against his people. And he will contend with Israel. Oh, my people. What have I done to you? And what have I wearied you? Answer me, for I brought you up from the land of Egypt, and redeemed you from the house of slavery. And I said before you, Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, O oh, my people, remember how when King Balak of Moab devised what Balaam son of Beor answered him, and what happened with Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the saving acts of the Lord. But what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, of calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams and ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. May God bless the hearing and reading of his holy word. Let us pray. Lord, in the midst of the many words that are both within and without, may your unchanging word come and encounter us this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Humans are not good at being fair. And they are fairly bad at being good. So this lovely, powerful verse. He has told you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. It makes a great bumper sticker. It is a cool folk song. It's going to be a lovely anthem um, during the offertory. And a couple months ago, it inspired meaningful conversation at the interfaith discussion group we had at Zion. But both its understanding and practice elude us. For instance I believe in the rule of law. I'm just not real optimistic how it works out for folks. (laughs) Justice may be portrayed as being blind but I'm pretty sure she peeks around the edges. The more power, the more wealth, status, privilege, depending on your race and class, Justice often gives you a wink. Genuine justice has always been more than interpreting a given law or the Constitution. The Greek conception of justice was virtue. It's a virtue of the soul. And injustice is vice. For both Plato and Aristotle, justice meant goodness as well as a willingness to obey laws. It connoted a correspondence of rights and duties. Justice was the ideal to be lived out in human relationships. Now Micah predates these giants of philosophy by about 300 years, and he would agree with them, but he would go a step further. He roots justice in human relations with being in a proper standing with God. What is good? Will always entail both God and neighbor in the biblical faith. Micah 6. The people of God are put on trial. It is a um, the genre of chapter 6 is based on an ancient um, literature that was actually given to us by the Hittites. The Hittites were an ancient people that lived in what is today Turkey. And basically it's a cosmic trial. Okay. So God puts the people of Israel on trial and it does not look good for the defendant. In the previous five chapters of Micah, he lists a whole variety of offenses Idolatrous practices, perhaps, perhaps even including human sacrifice. That's what's alluded to in the verse we read. Does the Lord require that I give the first my firstborn? He's not talking about sheep there. Some people, and under the Assyrian influence, sacrificed their children. Matter of fact, Ahaz. One of the kings that is ruling during the time of Michael is said to have sacrificed his own son to appease the Assyrian gods. So the people are on trial, not only for crimes against God, but for a wide range of economic crimes against the poor and vulnerable. Now we're told that Michael in chapter one, we're told him he's from Morshef, which is a, was a fortified city kind of west of Jerusalem. It was on the trade route to Egypt, so it was an important town. In his lifetime, it would be overrun by the Assyrians. And as ministry overlapped, three kings were told, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. It's roughly the last decades of the 8th century BCE, which would be the 730s to 700. He overlaps... Hosea, He's a contemporary of later Hosea. He's also a contemporary of the prophet Isaiah. So there's a lot of preaching going on in these last decades of this century. He too, with Hosea and Amos, predict the destruction of the Northern Kingdom, which is sometimes called Northern Kingdom, sometimes it's called Samaria, sometimes it's called Israel. And their prediction came true. The Northern Kingdom was wiped off the map. The people were scattered all over the Assyrian empire. He also prophesied that the same thing was going to happen to Jerusalem in the south. During Micah's early ministry, King Ahaz saw what was happening with the Assyrians. The Assyrians were like the the most powerful superpower of their time. And so King Ahaz of Judah went up, met with Telgath-Plazer, who was like uh, Alexander the Great of his time, and came back to Jerusalem and did a renovation of the temple and turned it into an Assyrian pagan temple, including putting astrological um, worship on top of the building and taking out the altar for God. So it's under this backdrop of violence, of intrigue and idolatry that Micah speaks what he speaks today. So let's go back to our text. So it's it's a court scene and The witnesses are the mountains and the ancient pillars of the earth. In other words, Israel, you're on trial before the ancient world, before creation. And the prophet kind of serves as God's lawyer. He announces this trial that's going on. He announces these charges against his people. And then God goes on to say, what have have I done? I've only done good things for you. The gifts of God. In Judaism, we're this idea of the three great principles. That God's grace to us is in creation, revelation, and redemption. God's very gift of life is to be rejoiced. The God, the giver of our life, the giver of all the good gifts of this world. God has given us his Torah. God has given us revelation. God has told us how we are supposed to live. And God has saved us. God brought us out of bondage. These are the gifts that God has continually given to his people. And so he is saying, what, what have I done for you to treat me this way? Can you imagine having to defend your life before God? I grew up in revivalist Christianity, and we used to have these speakers that would yell at us. It was kind of like going to a scary movie, so part of it was kind of fun, right? You know, they would yell at us and talk to us about. It the second coming in hell and all these things. And I remember this one particular speaker saying, and someday, when you stand before God, there'll be a movie of your life. Everything you've ever done will be showed on that screen. My first response was, I sure hope my mom isn't watching. <laughs> you know, I'm worried about God, but I'm real worried about mom seeing that, right? Now I wonder. I wonder if the technology—you can tell of dating me because there was a, you know, there was a real, I, I, Probably God has—I don't know what internet's like in heaven, but anyway, he probably has a look at on a, 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 a drive of some sort. It's kind of a ridiculous image, right? But still, this idea of of being accountable for what we've done, right? Because we we tend to like judge ourselves against other people. Like my story I told, right? All right, yeah, I got in trouble but I was better than the guy with the knife. At least I thought I was, right? But that, that's, not, <laughs> that's not how it works, right? Because that, makes us, that not only makes us hypocritical, but it makes us judgmental. And that's not what's being said here. You know, and then there's this rhetorical, what shall I do before the Lord? What shall I, shall I give him all this offerings? Shall I give my very life for him? the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul. It's interesting, what do you think God wants from us? You know, Micah lists a bunch of religious ritual. You know, we need ritual, but God doesn't need our ritual. You need to come to church, it's good for your soul. But but you're not doing God a favor by being here, right? And our sacrifices of time, talent, and treasure we need to do those things for ourselves. We need to do those things to help people around us, to help our community. But God doesn't need your money. Boy, that's a dangerous thing for a preacher to say, right? You know. <laughs> it's not like, you know, God doesn't need your talent, per se. I mean, it's a wonderful thing to use your talent. I love our music here, and it does great, good things for me to listen to it. I enjoy singing as well. That's all good for me. It's good for us to hear that music, right? But that's for our own good, right? That's, God lets us do that because it's good for us, right? It helps us. What does God want from you? God only wants one thing from you, by the way. I know we spend a lot of our time negotiating, right? But God only wants one thing from you. God wants you. God. You remember... If you stop and think about it, remember as little kids, you made yourself, you made your parents things, okay? And most of those things were, were, to be honest with you, were pretty ugly, right? Right? (laughs) I've got this really ugly little card that my lovely granddaughter made me for Father's Day. She's lovely, but the card, I'm not sure what it is, okay? But I was so excited to get this ugly little card. I hope she's not listening to this, by the way. Why? Because... It was a token of her love, right? It didn't matter. She could have made me a mud pie, and I would have been excited, right? Because it's, it's her. It's her that I love, right? It's the same thing with God. It's good for you to do good works. It's good for you to give to the poor and give to the church. It's good for you to use your gifts. But God only wants one thing from you. You. Just as you are. And that means you need to foster a relationship with God and with each other. And how does that relationship flourish? Do justice, love kindness, and walk. The the Hebrew word is an obscure word. It's often translated walk humbly with your God, but it actually is probably closer to wisely. Walk with prudence, walk with wisdom with God. So what does it mean to do justice? Well, it's to embody goodness live a life of virtue, which is good for those around you. And it's good for yourself. And when you live a life that seeks to be good, it's easier to say your prayers. Right? But goodness has to be coupled with loving kindness. We've all been around people who think they're better than we are. There are a whole bunches of Christianity who act like they're better than everyone else. Right? Because they think they love goodness, but they've forgotten to love kindness, right? Because if you're about goodness with kindness, then you won't be judging each other. You won't be judging yourself as well. To be kind. Morality without kindness does not lead to goodness, it doesn't. And it says to walk, and the word walk is the same word that's used in Genesis when it talks about how God walked with with Adam and walked with Enoch. To walk means communion. To walk with God means you have communion with God. And humbly or wisely or with prudence, in other words, to kind of know what's going on. Do justice, love kindness, walk in wisdom and humility with God. Now, here's where I'm supposed to give you some inspirational story. Okay, but I'm I'm gonna tell you, I think one of the most inspirational things for me that I've seen recently that illustrates doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly. Um, On our flight back to Philadelphia, um, it was kind of an adventure. I won't go into all the details. But it ended up, instead of flying, we took a shuttle to Phoenix. Instead of getting into Philadelphia at seven o'clock on Friday night, we got in at four o'clock in the morning, Saturday morning. And we were on a plane that people had been, that got canceled for eight hours. So everybody's a little edgy, okay, to say the least. And I had seen this one woman earlier kind of giving everybody a hard time, right? and how it was important for her to be on this flight. Okay, so she already, in my back of my mind, yeah, you know, that kind of had a, a negative effect. But I also saw this man and a mother trying to take care of these young children. Okay, you can imagine. our uh, my grandkids were great. They were 9-11, and but this per, they had like a 2- and a 4-year-old, and it was, you know, it, was, it was pretty rough. Okay. We get to Philadelphia at 4 o'clock in the morning and the conve- you know, we have to walk all through the elevator. It's a mess. We had to walk the long way around because things aren't open. We get to our luggage. The conveyor belt starts and then stops. At one point there's a suitcase stuck up there. This guy with the kids jumps up on the conveyor belt, rescues the suitcase, everybody applauds, but then the conveyor belt stops working. So we're standing here for another half an hour 45 minutes already. This poor, Luggage guy comes up from, the, from whatever the bowels of the airport, you know, the inner, yeah, the, the inner hell of the airport. He comes up, rising up, and he looks so tired. He has a limp, and he's, he's bewildered. He doesn't know why this isn't working. He's trying to find someone to help. And the woman, the woman who thought she should be at the front of the line, lays into this guy, starts yelling at him. Poor guy, he's bewildered at any rate. The young father goes up to her and says, that's not fair. You shouldn't talk to him that way. It's not his fault. And then she said, well, we've been on this airplane and there's children on this airplane. He goes, yes, those are my children. He goes, we can do better than this with each other. And then he walked over, I don't know what he said, but I think he was apologizing to the worker because the worker kind of smiled. We may think of big things in this world where justice needs to happen, and trust me, there's so much injustice in this world. And there's so many big things going wrong that needs kindness. And we so need to walk with God, but it's not in the stuff that shows up in the newspaper where justice is practiced. It's when we have opportunities to be decent to each other in those moments when it's easy not to be. To not look past people, not to look down on people, but to be kind, to show that you believe that there's a God who loves this world by the way you love those around you. That's what it means to be good. That is what the good is. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. I invite you to stand and say with me, will we believe in the words of the Apostles' Creed?